most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Another edition of King and Foster. Another beautiful week here in Detroit or wherever you might be during this uh, little quarantine of ours. Uh, welcome in. Tom Mazaway in our studios in Farmington. Terry Foster and Jimmy King out on location. We go out to T. Foss first. T. Foss, what are you, what are you up to today, my man? Uh, gee, just took a little walk. Um, grilled hot dogs for the kids. Got your, little, grocery shopping. got your little Boring red day. wing got your little red wing beanie on today that's right all right nice looking good looking good man the weather's oh no it's not as hot as in texas that's for sure and that's where we go out to the kingdom out in uh where are you jimmy is it plano plano texas <laughs> just north of dallas what's 15, up man 20 minutes enjoying this beautiful weather good for you man what are you wearing today I got my Michigan gear on, representing okay. Michigan. Because I know that it snowed like three, four days ago. So we don't care about that. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care one one bit. Welcome in, guys. Good to see you guys. Uh NRM Streamcast. It's King and Foster. Uh, Terry, I'll let you lead it off, my man. All right. Um this is for James mostly. Um I've always had a ph- philosophy of all the collegiate sports. The dirtiest is college basketball. People get paid. They get benefits. They get housing for their uh, parents. Um, With that said, I am not shocked at all that supposedly Zion Williamson received benefits from Duke University to go to school there. Um, When you talk about the top programs, you know, we always talk about, well, this guy's a great recruiter. He's a great recruiter, blah, 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 blah. Maybe they have the best bag men that when you get the five stars and the four stars, you pay them off. What, what do you, how do you respond to that? There, there is, there is no, maybe <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, I've always, is it the dirty sport? Well, the best, the best, the best way to describe that situation is that everybody plays the mud it's the program that gets up the cleanest that wins. So um, it's just a matter of, of how it's done um, and uh, how discreet, um, you know, people are even after the fact. Because you see that that from what I'm reading that it's a former agent or someone that's affiliated with the agency that is blowing the whistle now that they're no longer part of a, a Zion's team. So. To me, it seems like it was all good while it was be- while they were benefiting from it, but no, now that they're uh, he's no longer their client, now they want to blow the whistle. That's the way it is. The school is never going to say anything. The athlete is never going to say anything. The coaches are never going to say anything. So it has to be somebody scorned. If we want to find out what's going on in college basketball, we have to. You know, more people have to be scorned. More people have to be pissed off. That's where we'll we get the truth. It'd be from people like uh, like this. Well, I know that you know, touching on the subject just in a broad manner, that all the programs, um, you know, uh, 
they they I had a, I had a discussion with my father the other day. He reminded me of some things that I forgot about during my recruiting process in high school that, um, you know, some things that that he he didn't even tell me about that some coaches came to him or administrators or uh, someone affiliated with a program and, and offered them something. So it, it's been going on forever. It's nothing new. Um, I think right now it's just, you know, we're at a point at a crossroads where it's really, it, it looks uh, hypocritical of the NCAA to uh, really not even hypocritical, just a, a, a outdated philosophy and business model that, uh, that keeps these kids under amateur status when knowingly that they're making money off their likeness and image. So we could start right there. <laughs> Tell me how accurate this is. This is here's what I heard. Um, whether the coach is Bobby Knight or any of the top coaches back in the day, even today, they'll come in, they'll recruit you, tell you about the academics, tell you about the school, tell you about what your role is going to be with the team. And then they may go use the bathroom or go away or some, uh, and then some other guy comes in or talks to you later and says, hey, if you come here, we'll give you, you know, 500 a month or here's 50,000 right here. It's all yours if you want it. And then they disappear. And the coach supposedly knows nothing about this guy. How accurate is that? Or is that a fantasy? No, that sounds very accurate. You know, you got to have a hierarchy where there's a fall guy. You got to have the guy that, you know, it's a domino effect. If it's a, if it's a domino effect that's going to take place, it never takes down the lead domino. So you're going to have a couple of fall guys before you get to the guy. And everybody should um, know their role. And, um, yeah, that's that's part of the hierarchy that goes on. You know, the, the, the coach leaves the room and, and then the uh, whoever affiliate comes in, wink, wink, you know, what can I do? What do you need? Um, what's necessary? Uh, who needs a job? Um, who needs a car? How much money? Who needs a house? Um, you know, um, does anyone want to needs to move? All, all types of things. So um, it's it's just a part of the culture, and I think if we stop treating it like it's amateur sports these the kids are now which they are able to now are able to start making money off their likeness which is fair and um i think the the, the field will level out as it should it, it i think the the market will play out and 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 become a fair market as it should you know you'll get paid according to what the market bears and and that's what we are built off of what's the most you ever got offered during your recruitment and was it a lump sum payment or was it hey when you if you come here we're going to give you this much a week or this much a month how does that work um it was uh <laughs> it's a few different ways you could get you could get the lump you could get it's, it's like a, it's like an investment right it's like you got uh <laughs> a share b shares and c shares <laughs> You could get it up front. You could pay as you go and get an installment, so you could get it on the back end. 
So um, it just depends on 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 uh, which plan you choose. Who showed you a bag of money? Um, I never saw the bag, um, but I knew there was a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget there the car from Ricky Patino. Don't forget the car oh, offer. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah, the Benz, the white on white Mercedes Benz. When I went to uh, Kentucky and got off the plane, and Rick, Rick was like, "Hey, you like the car?" And I was like, "Of course." And he was like, yeah. <laughs> "If you come here, you, know, you got a chance." So, <laughs> you know, subtle things like that. Yeah. Isn't it great, Terry and Jimmy, that Rick Patino, who got in a lot of trouble over at Louisville, he got in a lot of trouble everywhere, but he leaves Louisville. <laughs> And now they're going in shambles. I mean, and he got a new job. He's getting hired as the other team is imploding. What's up with that? So what does that tell you? So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? It tells tells you what I said. Yeah. No, it tells exactly what I said, that everybody plays in the mud. And he got up and moved on. He did. They're They're dealing with the aftermath, but... Everybody knows the game. Sit out for a while, coach. Chill. Let it die down. Now you work your way back up. He'll be in a he'll be in a mid major into a uh, a major program in a couple of years. Wow. The thing I don't like the head coach almost always gets away with it. The poor <laughs> slobs that I, they get the stains on them is the assistant coaches, and the head coach is always like. Well, I didn't know what Jimmy was doing. Oh, my goodness. He was offering money. Oh, my. This is a shocker to me. This is not what I stand for. This is not what this program stands for, damn it. We got to fire his and ass. And that's why, that's why you have to have a hierarchy, and, and you got to be smarter than the than the game. So, so say, all right, the assistant coaches take the fall for the head coach, and if it's the head – or say it's the assistant coach's job to um, – to perform the task, then maybe it will behoove the assistant coach to get someone to do it for them or somebody else or something else. I don't know, but just don't make it as easy as point. someone could point to you and say, yeah, that's the guy who, who gave me the bag or the guy who offered me this. Who took the fall in I, Michigan? I, I, who took the fall in Michigan? Me. <laughs> why do you say that? What do you mean why I say that? When, when Terry asked me, when Terry asked me, um, uh, why was I in the league for, you know, a long period of time, making X amount of money? Uh, I took a lot of bullets, a lot of things that went on at the University of Michigan that um, I was tagged for, that wow. I took bullets for. Damn. Well, you been... what do they say about you? Yeah. you're an asshole or what? No. No. What I'll give you one, you one, one specific um, deal uh, when um, it was the Molson Ice, the beer incident. They act like we ran up in the, in the convenience store with ski masks and guns and stole the beer <laughs> <laughs> out, the, out the convenience store. And they had... Uh, me, Ray Jackson, and uh, another teammate of mine, Chris Fields, up in uh, in the media all across 
the country with our hands like this saying an oath like we pleading uh guilty to something we didn't do and i remember during that whole time that in the investigation they found out that it was like a hundred people that went and looted the store it was all different types of players it was wrestling it was hockey it was football so it wasn't just basketball but they tacked they they tagged two um of the most recognized names some of those recognized recognized names didn't make it but i did so that's why i'm saying that there there are instances that uh. I, I was the fall guy um and not just on the court <laughs> off the court too did isaiah know when he drafted you Oh yeah, it's always in your file. That wasn't yeah. a secret, <laughs> right? Right, man. Hey, I, I know it yeah, seems like on every uh, podcast we talk about the Last Dance. And, I love uh, it. I I am curious about this. Um, Michael Jordan showed himself to be an asshole. He was really rough on his teammates. He got in their faces, and it wasn't just constructive criticism or said we got to do better. We got to. He was in people's face. He was cussing them out. Uh, he was showing them up. Uh, to me, that kind of tough love, I would perform worse if I got that type of tough love. Me too. Knowing the league today um, with the younger players and maybe the, you know, I, you know, my feelings are hurt easier. How would Michael Jordan, if he tried that today, how would that work? And is there any team today that you can think of where he, where he would be the leader and that type of, I guess, tough love would actually work? I don't think so. I think the only team that may be able to handle that type of tough love is a San Antonio Spur team or um, uh, maybe a Golden State team, um, maybe a Houston Rocket team. But – other than that, I don't see too many teams that can that can handle that. Um, uh, it's just a different time. It's a different era. It's the same as what we liken to, you know, Michael Jordan coming up and the physicality. Uh, it's the same in the, the style of play. The, the coaching um, has, has changed because of the style of play. So a Jordan doesn't – I don't think uh, um, it's required of a player to – have that type of mentality. That's why it's hard to compare LeBron to a Jordan because LeBron doesn't have to be a tyrant, quote unquote, or have to motivate the players. It's much easier today to trade them, sit them down, make your point a different way, where and, and keep your uh, image intact versus you know, I got to step on you every day because there is no trade value for you. <laughs> I'm not going to get any money for you. And back then, you know, teams didn't make a lot of trades like that. So um, it's just a different time and a different era, you know, in my opinion. Let, let me challenge you on one team, the Houston Rockets. You said maybe it could work. I can understand Golden State and maybe San Antonio. But don't you think James Harden and Westbrook, would say, you know what, fuck you, Michael. We're as good as you, so we're not going to take this shit from you. 
So, I mean, if you want to criticize us and critique us, fine. If you want to get in our face and be an asshole, I'm out. Here's the difference in that scenario. Okay. <clears throat> Jordan is better than both of them. Yes. But would they admit that? They may not admit that. We know they're well, better, yeah, well, better than well, them. It would, it would, well, I, I, believe, I believe that they would admit that. I believe that Russell and and James, because I, I believe they, I don't believe Russell would have went to Houston if he felt like he couldn't play with a Harden. And so why couldn't he play with a Jordan? And Harden wouldn't invite a Westbrook if he didn't feel like he could play with. So I think that a Jordan who they think will help them win, ultimately, they will take a, a seat back or take a step back. And I think Jordan, in the right sense, will use them to their strengths and they'll be able to win. So, I, yeah, I, I believe that he can make that locker room work well. And I'll give you an example. They have um, uh, Coach Lucas – John Lucas on the bench, and he's there for a reason. He's able to handle the uh, the the uh, perceived attitudes or any any upcoming issues that might happen between teammates. That's what uh, Lucas' expertise is, and that's what he's there for. Yeah, you see, Lucas to me, a former drug addict. Don't you think he's giving them all the love that they can uh, take and 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 letting them do what they want to do? And then you put Jordan in there who's like, okay, I'm putting the hammer down on people. I don't know. Well, I feel like it's like this. I feel like, you know, it's like a system, right? It's a family. Mm -hmm. You got your guy that you can vent to, you can lean on, and John, and then you got your guy that you, that's going to push you to get you to the next level at all costs. So if if Mikey's going to hurt your feelings in practice, go see John afterwards so you could get straight and we can keep it moving. That's how it's supposed to go. All right, but I think Jordan took it too far. Um, Especially with Scott Burrell. <laughs> yeah, Scott well, Burrell. See, it, no, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. It only goes as far as you, you let, let it. it. Right. That they only go as you let it go. They wouldn't even see my man on the plane. Jordan says, <laughs> hey, you didn't play well. You don't get food. What is yeah, that? Yeah, no. I guarantee you, I guarantee you I'm eating. <laughs> okay. I guarantee you I'm going to make a play, and I'm going to sit next to Mike, and I'm going to eat. How about poor Steve <laughs> Kerr? How about poor Steve Kerr taking that taking that shot in his eye? Jordan. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, we that's, fought that's every day in practice. practice. Yeah, we fought every day in practice. I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel sorry for him because fight, practice fights are just part of the game. Yeah, it's part of it. Like it just, you know, you get tangled up, you know. I just it, it, it some a lot of a lot of those fights really happen in the literal heat of the moment. Like it just yeah. it's a it's a reaction, and you you didn't even realize that you reacted that way a lot of times. So it it that's how those those things fight up. And then a lot of times it's 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 been something brewing over months and then you just snap. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different scenarios that go on with that. Hey, going back to the last dance and Michael Jordan's gambling, what did you guys take on that? Because they basically killed the gambling suspension uh, theory between him and David Stern. But there are people that still say 
That's bullshit. I still believe he walked away because David Stern and him had a disagreement with that. What what did you guys get out of that? Or did you just think it was it is what it is? Okay, I, I, I never thought that he was suspended because of the gambling. And I kept hearing it was all around. Oh, gee, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. That's exactly what happened. I don't believe that David Stern, who wanted to take this league up to here and was talking about globalization right. and being in China and being in Israel and being in whatever, would take his biggest asset and sit him down for a year and a half. I never believed that, and uh, and and I thought Michael Jordan's gambling problems, quote unquote, was minuscule in comparison to other people. I mean, you're talking about a guy at the uh, beyond in his career is making thirty million a year, so he gambles one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. I just don't think it was a problem. But how about the other side? Supposedly. Uh, the people that, that don't believe that, Terry, are the ones that are saying, well, maybe Stern told him, you better quit this gambling, blah, blah, blah. And Jordan got tired of it and said, the hell with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. How about that side? I, I just don't think his gambling numbers in, in comparison to what he was making was big enough for David Stern to even care. So he okay. went to Vegas before they played New York. Okay, fine. He Atlantic City. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Atlantic City. Going to Vegas would have been a too long. Yeah, a little too far. City, um, did his thing. Didn't play well in the first game, but then he just stomped him the rest of the time. Okay. I just don't think David Stern would say, "Okay, let me shut this dude down because of this and the other stuff." No. Yeah, but wait a minute. What if he was gambling? And I think he was because he's a gambler. What if he was betting on NBA games, which a lot of people said he was? They didn't say but a thing about that. Who's got evidence of that? Nobody has evidence. This is what this is. This is all people talking. Talk, okay. talk. Okay. I, you know, we can talk about anything. It doesn't mean it's true. Jimmy, do you believe he bet on games? No, I don't think. Uh, I don't think he bet on games. Uh, I think he um, was a, a compulsive gambler, just on you know, like what they showed, you know, pitching quarters right. or. Or betting on whose luggage came off the uh, uh, belt first at the airport, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's also, you know, when we talk about MJ and David Stern and the league and him, you know, going to baseball, it's a culmination of a few things. His father was murdered, and I think that took a toll on him as well. Um, he had He had already admitted before then that he – was already uh, starting to lose a little bit, lose a bit, little bit of that fire. So I think um, the death of his father really was the transition or helped him transition there or to leave the sport. Also, when uh, the investigation of referee Donahue or Donahue, Tim Donahue was going on, um, you know, I think there were some you know, questions. And like, you know, you said, Terry, it is hearsay, but still because Mike uh, has a perception received gambling addiction, it was in the best interest for him to separate so there wouldn't be a long-term stain on the legacy. And then for him to come back in a few years uh, like, like he did. Hey, guys, we'll pick it up in show number two. Make sure you 
keep it right there. You guys are looking good. More of King and Foster coming up in just a minute here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Azaway, Jimmy King, Terry Foster. Thanks to David and Angel behind the glass. Another edition of King and Foster coming up next right here on NRM Streamcast. What's up, Dave and Angel? 